everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with my friend Bob Lapine, and we are talking about the joy of Christmas and the opportunity that we have to be able to share Christ with others during this amazing season. And so I'm just really excited to be back today to talk more about this day three. So if you missed Mondays and Wednesdays episodes, go back and listen to those. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. You guys, we're heading into the Christmas season and maybe you're just like, I don't know, whatever this math curriculum is that you're using just is not working for you or for your kids. Check out CTC Math. It's so easy. It's free to just test them out. So if you're not even sure if it's right for you, go to their website, do a few lessons for free with your kids and see if it's a good fit. CTCMath.com. Bob, it is so good to have you back with me today. Thank you for taking time with us this week to talk about Christmas. And in um, the first couple episodes, we talked about joy, we talked about disappointment, we talked about the stress of the season and all of those things. And really what it all comes back to is Jesus, because that's what all of this points back to is the gospel. And so as you've mentioned, as we've talked a little bit about, we have such a great opportunity right now over these next few weeks to be able to share truth with people. There's something about this holiday that can make people really sad and stressed out and disappointed, but there's also something about this season that opens up people's hearts to hearing truth. And so I would love for you to talk about, and you talked about this kind of at the end of yesterday's episode about hope and finding our hope in Christ. And for those who are dealing with sadness, just getting down to like, what really, where, where do we find our hope? And it's obviously in Christ, but talk to us about being able to connect with other people, whether it's, you know, neighbors, coworkers, friends, family members, and being able to just share this hope with them. Yeah, I think Christmas gives us a, an unprecedented opportunity every year yeah. to be able to engage with people around the message of the holiday, around the gospel. Uh, people you you would be tentative to saying much about Jesus to uh, back in September. You can you can talk a little more openly about Jesus during the Christmas season and why your hope is in Him. In fact, the reason that I I wrote the book, The Four Emotions of Christmas is to provide a tool for people. These are the book. If you buy an individual copy, I think it costs $7, but if churches are buying them in quantity so that their members can get them cheaper for a dollar 50 or $2 or $3 a book, something like that. And then you can take those books to neighbors or to coworkers or family members, along with a plate of cookies and an invitation to the Christmas Eve service at church. And, and you can you can open the door to a spiritual conversation. And, you know, somebody gets a, this is a 60 page book. It's something you can read in an hour, um, but it it may provoke them to stop and think about the Christmas season as not just a cultural holiday, but a, a spiritual holiday. And, and that's my hope in all of this. And I will say for those of us who know Christ, um, to be able to share our faith during the Christmas season, you're looking for something that will bring you joy. Yeah. Um, to, to engage with people around the gospel is something that brings joy, especially when people are open and responsive and they say yes to your invitation to come to church with them on Christmas Eve or whatever they do. That's where real joy is found in seeing spiritual transformation happen in the lives of other people. So uh, that I, I think if we, if we put on our priority list for December, yes, yeah. we want to make sure we bake the Christmas cookies and we're going to go caroling and we're going to put up the tree and we're going to do this and that. But what if we, 
What if we said, let's do something intentional as an outreach activity? I'll tell you about a family in our church, um, and they they do their 12 days of Christmas every year in, in the month of December, where they set out days and they pick uh, they pick a target audience. So one day it's the people who pick up the trash and the garbage in their neighborhood, and they will put their trash cans out, but they will put a note on the trash can along with uh, gift bags or something that they can give to the garbage men, say, thank you for picking up our our trash. Merry Christmas. Uh, God bless you. And they'll put in the gift bag something like this book, an invitation yeah. to the Christmas season, some cookies. And, and then the Two days later, they'll go to the fire station and say, just knock on the door and say, we just wanted to bring down some Christmas gifts for you. Their kids love that aspect of Christmas every year. They don't look at that as a chore. That's what makes Christmas special for them, more special than being focused on, I hope I get the gift I want. And I hope, you know, that, that my stockings are full. So I would just say, Figure out how you're going to prioritize spiritual engagement with people you know in your community, outreach, and evangelism during the month of December, and there's real joy that's found there. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Bob. I love that idea of what you were talking about with your uh, the family that goes to your church and they you know just reach out to those around them in their community. Um, that is such a fantastic idea. Talk to us practically about how to do this because there's all these ideas like we can say, oh, share the hope of the gospel, share with people about Jesus. Give us some really practical ways to do that. Like, okay, we we are you know at the park because we're talking a bunch of moms, right? We're at the park and there's another mom there who. We just met, our kids are playing on the playground, and you can just tell that she just needs hope. She just needs Jesus. Or maybe it's someone who is in your co-op, your homeschool co-op or something. How can we very practically, in addition to the book, how can we very practically share with them the hope of Christ? Well, let me start by making sure that everybody's listening understands the message that that that's at the core of all of this, understands not just what Christmas is about, but what the life and ministry of Jesus is all about. And I, I say this because there were years when I I could say what what I'd heard. I could kind of repeat what I'd heard about Jesus is the reason for the season and right. and we need to trust Christ and invite him into our lives. But here here was something that uh, I, I remember a conversation I had with somebody who sat me down. I was in my 20s We'd been at a Bible study together, and he said, could I get together? I have, I have some questions I'd like to ask you. 
And I thought, I wonder what he needs me to explain to him from the Bible. I mean, the, there was some pride, some arrogance there. And he said, I don't think you get it. And the more we talked, the more I realized, oh my goodness, he's right. Um, first of all, he he helped me see that my sin was a bigger deal than I thought it was. Mm. I, I thought my sin was kind of the accumulated bad habits, the things I'd done that were were wrong, or I knew, like I cheated on my Latin test in high school, or I I didn't do this, I didn't. You know, so I I kind of thought, yeah, I've done some bad things, and I guess God God's equation is somebody has to pay for that, so Jesus paid for that. But he sat me down and he said, no, you don't understand. He said, your heart is not inclined toward God. Your heart is inclined toward yourself. And and it wants to, you just want to do what you want to do. And you don't care what God wants. And I thought, he's right. I, I, I don't have a, my perspective is not, Lord, how can I serve you? It's, Lord, how can you fit into my life and make it better? Yeah. So, so really having a right understanding about sin was transformative. And as soon as that happened, now I had a, a whole different understanding about God's grace and about the whole idea of justification. I, I saw his mercy and grace were bigger because now he was dealing not with a good guy who had done a few bad things, but when he's dealing with a rebel who doesn't really care about him and just wants what he wants, and he says, uh, come to me and, and, and follow me. Now I, I understood his grace in a whole different way. So I, I've said to people at our church regularly, we have to not only believe the gospel, but we have to re-believe the gospel mm. every day. I have to re-believe the, the fact that God has forgiven my sin because I, I sin regularly. So I have to keep re-believing right. that God has forgiven the sin. I've done. I have to re-believe that God is at work changing me because I think, I'm not getting any better. I'm not, you know, and and no, I have to re-believe God's at work and it's slow and incremental sometimes, but God's changing me. And then I have to re-believe that I have a hope and a future that is beyond the circumstances of this life. Re-believing that, I, I, I just want to make sure that that listeners have not just taken the gospel for granted or they don't mm-hmm. have a simplistic understanding of this good news that Jesus came to rescue rebels to, to transform our lives and to bring us into God's family. And it's great and glorious news. Tim Keller likes to say, the gospel is not good advice, it's good news. Mm. And, and it's news we need to embrace. So with that understanding, now you're at the park and there's a mom and you're just going, I would like to talk to her about Jesus. I would say uh, in, in a conversation with somebody, Whatever the conversation's about, whether it's about your kids, whether it's about the holidays and the stress of the holidays or anxiety over this or uh, frustration about this, whatever it is, I look for an opportunity to be able to say, can I just share something about my own life that, that has helped me in this regard? Yeah. So rather than being a person who says, you know what you need? <laughs> I, I want to be somebody who, who in that conversation says, you know, I've, I've had some of the same frustrations you've had. Here's, can I just share what I have found helpful in this regard? Yeah. I found it helpful to pray, or I found that when I read the Bible, I, do you ever read the Bible? I mean, in re, so I'm having these kinds of conversations where I'm just explaining what it is to walk with Christ, or we've found that being a part of a local church makes a huge difference, or it's it's these kinds of activities that open the door for somebody um 
to either say, tell me more, or sometimes you'll see people shut down as soon as you bring up something spiritually. And you can say, okay, we, if, if, if you're not comfortable with that, we can back off here. Right. But, but if you bring it up and, and, uh, and, and you say, you know, if that's something you'd ever be curious in exploring anymore, I'd, I'd love to tell you more or show you how I do a Bible study, or maybe we could even get together and, and go through a book of the Bible to get, it's those kinds of open doors. And again, I think Christmas gives us more opportunity for those kinds of encounters than we have throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. Agreed. Good stuff. All right. I want to talk these last few minutes about traditions. Like I would love to know if you have some fun Christmas traditions with your family. Are you creating new ones now that you've got grandkids? What do you guys do? What does the Lapine family look like at Christmas time? Well, I'll talk about three different chapters in our in our life. Because when we were first married, our traditions were simply to kind of keep repeating some of the traditions that we had experienced growing up. In fact, when we were first married, our first Christmases were either at my mother-in-law's house or at our home, and we were kind of going through the motions of what we'd experienced as kids. We didn't really think much about what our Christmas traditions were as a family until the year that we weren't going somewhere for Christmas and it was just going to be us. And we had to start thinking, okay, what do we do to make, to start to develop our own family traditions along the way? Um, so, so chapter two, if chapter one is just kind of attaching yourself to the old traditions, chapter two is coming up with what are your, going to be your family traditions. And then chapter three, now that you're in the empty nest, um, now, now you're thinking differently about the Christmas season and how you can, uh, step into other family traditions that are being built, whether it's our kids and grandkids spending time with them. So I'll I'll just tell you a few things that have been meaningful for us along the way. First of all, I'm a movie fan. And so we have, I I think I can recite It's a Wonderful Life to you from memory, (laughs) right? Uh, It's a Wonderful Life or White Christmas or some of the other classic Christmas movies. We always made a big deal out of having movie nights and having friends over to watch uh, White Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life were kind of the two tentpole uh, movies for us during the Christmas season, but we'd throw some other ones in here and there that we liked along the way. Food is a big Christmas tradition thing for us. Okay. When we lived, we lived in San Antonio, Texas for seven years. And when we lived down there in our neighborhood, they used to put out luminaries. Do you know what luminaries are? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So the bags with the sand and the candle candle, that you would put in them and you'd, you'd light your driveway and everybody in the neighborhood would do it. And at dusk on Christmas Eve, the the whole neighborhood was lit up with these luminaries. It was beautiful, but that meant that Christmas Eve, you had to spend an hour with sand and candles and bags, (laughs) getting everything lined up. So Christmas Eve dinner we got carryout for Christmas Eve dinner. And in San Antonio, carryout meant uh, fajitas, refried beans, rice, t- tortillas. And we, we, you could get a pound of fajitas back then with everything for like twelve ninety five, and wow. And we fed everybody with, it was great. Well, then we moved to Little Rock and we wanted to keep the fajita tradition going, but there was no place in town selling good fajitas in Little Rock. San Antonio was everywhere, <laughs> but not Little Rock. So I drove around town trying to find skirt steak, which is the real 
right. Tahita meat, right? And finally found some, and we we decided it was Dad and the girls. We were going to make Christmas Eve dinner. Mom didn't have to worry about this. Of course, that made Marianne more anxious. Dad and the girls <laughs> in the kitchen, and uh, but we would cook things, and it was pretty simple at first. And then we said, well, we've got to have fresh guacamole, and we've got to have queso, and we've got so it started expanding and getting bigger and bigger. Well, on top of Christmas Eve dinner, then you have Christmas morning breakfast and Christmas afternoon dinner. Right. Those 24 hours are pretty stressful in the kitchen, and it kind of all grew into a big deal. But it's it's to the point where the set menus on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, that's a big part of our tradition, looking forward to farmer's breakfast on Christmas morning or the orange cow that Marianne makes that's kind of like an orange Julius that she makes in the blender. Oh, fun. Uh, those are those are some of the the Christmas traditions that have been meaningful for us. Caroling, going door to door and caroling in our neighborhood. Your kids we'd did have, that with you. My kids yeah. refuse. Oh, we th- <laughs> we'd have their friends come over, and I'd get my guitar, and we'd go door to door and sing oh, carols, fun. and then come back and eat popcorn and drink hot chocolate. Yeah, it was one of the things we loved doing. So fun, so fun. Tell me that you like a Christmas story, please, because that is my favorite Christmas movie. I'm sorry, we're gonna have to end this podcast here. <gasps> no. You don't yeah, like that movie? Put down that Red Rider BB gun because <laughs> it could shoot somebody's eye out. I'm just telling you. I, I, I can't watch the tongue on the flagpole without it being oh. painful for me to watch. I just have to walk away from that. I'm sorry. That is the funniest scene. Actually, one of the funniest scenes because there are so many funny scenes in that movie. That and Elf, I just, every every year, I have to watch them both. Those are my, my I watched A Wonderful Life last year. You're going to be so disappointed in me, Bob. Oh, man. Yeah, you're going to just want to turn off the camera right now. <laughs> I watched A Wonderful Life for the first time last year. I had never seen it before, and I watched it, and it and was okay. It, it was okay? I didn't love it. Oh, Yvette, oh. we can't do Christmas together this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> you watch It's a Christmas Story, and I'll watch It's a Wonderful Life, and we'll both be happy, okay? Okay, okay, but I haven't seen White Christmas, so apparently I need to watch that this year. Well, I think so, and then let's talk after the holidays and figure okay. out what you thought. Okay. <laughs> Is it better than... It's a Wonderful Life? Well, I think It's a Wonderful Life is the greatest movie ever made. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Wait, wait. Here's the real test. (laughs) Yes. Here's the real test. Do you like The Princess Bride? If you say no, I'm going to just shut off the cameras right now. I love (laughs) The Princess. I was was trying to think. I was trying to think. uh, It's inconceivable that anybody would not like The Christmas. Okay, you're back in. You're back in. Okay, good. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I love Christmas traditions, though. And I love that, you know what? We can still sit and have a very reasonable and friendly conversation, even though we have a difference of movies, because The Princess Bride has brought us all back together as one big happy family in Christ. (laughs) Because it is the greatest movie ever made. Next, well, my second favorite, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, has nothing to do with Christmas. I'm totally rabbit trailing here. But Annie, the 1984 version of Annie with Aileen Quinn. Yes. That was my favorite movie as a kid. I could still probably recite that movie like 80% of it word for word at least. It's okay. So musical, you're good with musicals, right? (laughs) Only Annie. I'm not, I'm not, well, I don't know. I did like the sound of music, but. Okay. White Christmas may be a stretch for you because it's a musical. All right. But we'll we'll talk afterwards and see what you think. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to watch that one. Just, just, just in honor of you this year. (laughs) Oh goodness. Well, Bob, thank you so much for your encouragement this week. Thank you for the book, for just taking time to write this short, encouraging little book. You guys get a hold of this book. Even if you just buy 10 of them and hand them out to your 10, you know, friends, pray about who the Lord would have you 
to give these to. And like Bob said, bake some cookies or some muffins or, you know, I don't know, make some cute little jars with hot cocoa and marshmallows or something like that. And hand this, these books out to people who you think need the encouragement for this Christmas season, because it is a glorious season. And we are so grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus came to this earth to make for our sins. Thank you for sharing the gospel and just for the hope that we have in Jesus. Um, And just for reminding us about that again, Bob, Um, it's been such an encouraging time with you this week. Great to be with you and uh, and with your audience and uh, cheering you on in what you're doing with Schoolhouse Rock. Way to go. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. If you've not seen Schoolhouse Rocked, the movie, go to our website, schoolhouserocked.com. You can download it. You can stream it. You can purchase the DVD. That is another great Christmas gift. If you guys are looking for a way to encourage your friends or your family, whether they're already homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling, this movie is for everyone purchase the movie Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution, and give that out as a Christmas gift. You can give the movie and Bob's book together (laughs) and uh, encourage those around you. So thank you so much for joining us this week. Have a great rest of your week, and we will see you back here on Monday. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com rocked.